Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Mikhail Savannah. He is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Zendesk, and he's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Startup Land, How Three Guys Risked Everything to Turn an Idea into a Global Business. So, Mikhail, thanks for joining me. No, thank you so much for having me. I think I still... And thanks, for, thanks for pronouncing my name somewhat probably. I was going to say, I, I, I still think I, butch, I still butchered it. Uh, you know, I got so nervous there after I, uh, after I was scolded the first time, though. No. Um, so, so let's have you do it for the record. Mikhail Svane would be the American way of saying it. So I'm Danish, uh, and, and originally we, we, we founded and bootstrapped the company out of Copenhagen for two years, and that's the funny accent. In Danish, my name would be more like Mikkel Svane, uh, and, and it means Mike Swan in English, but I, I stick to Mikhail Svane. Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that's awesome. So, you know, I've been a, a Zendesk follower since really the... the probably the original uh, version of it or very early on uh, in your startup. Uh, and now you're, now you're a big publicly traded company. <laughs> and I, I wonder if you could maybe go back to some of the, the, the early days. I know you've told this story dozens of times, but uh, the, the inspiration for Zendesk. Yeah. And, 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 and the book is really about the early days of, of Zendesk and, 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 and that whole journey about like, Starting with an idea, just a couple of guys getting together, uh, two of us uh, spent a few years in the industry and, and said like, oh, we can we can build a better product. You know, we can build something here that is actually cool and that people would enjoy using and, and ultimately would make it easier for, for organizations to focus on just providing a better customer experience. Um, so that was very much the, the, the basic idea. And then. But the story is also that we were like three guys in our late 30s, and, and maybe this was our last chance to go out and build that company we always dreamt about building. Um, and, and I try to be honest about that whole that whole journey and how uh, how we came along uh, that idea and then somewhat stumbled into this big opportunity it was and, and had this great privilege of, of then uh, uh, moving the company here to San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and then building it to, in it to a great, great company with a great, great team and so many great customers. Well, so um, you, that's that's obviously part of the title. So I, you know, I feel like, or the subtitle at least, I feel like I have to ask that. Uh, you know, how uh, how how does the how does this idea of risking everything come into this? Uh, you you said this was maybe <laughs> maybe your last chance, but uh, did 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 you all mortgage your homes in order to get this started? <laughs> <laughs> I we were in the early days of this like we was we were so much out of money like <laughs> we, we were all like we were really dependent on on this being on this succeeding and and when we made the move to uh to uh, San Francisco and California like we all knew that if if this, if this didn't turn out you know it would be a hard reboot, you know, yeah. probably moving back to Copenhagen, Denmark, and then have to start all over. So in many ways, like, we risked it all for the idea, and, and we were very lucky and, 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 and just grateful that it turned out to go really well. So when did you know, because I know there's a lot of people sitting around in their, in their apartments, um, 
you know, three guys sitting around in their apartments today, you know, thinking the, the, the same idea that they want to start something that changes everything. When did you know that this was going to make it? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a funny question because, like, in many ways, even after the IPO and so on, we still feel that we are very much just in the early days in the beginning of our journey. Like we have big visions, we have big dreams and, and things we want to do and things we want to change. And, 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 and so we still very much feel that, that we are, in the, we are still in the beginning and the early days. So in that regard, you never really feel that you succeed, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we are, of course, in a very different place today than we were just five years ago. Right. Um, and I think uh, we did some critical things, like the move to San Francisco, California, was critical for our for our belief in the in the scope of what we were doing here. Um, and I think that that was that was a big critical move for us that changed our own perception of what we were actually building here. So, what was hard? For you, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people. Uh, um, again, I'm, I'm thinking of all the startup people that are out there. That you know, you get this idea, you start it, you're doing everything. Um, you know, maybe you're bringing some people in to, to help you in some areas where you don't have expertise. But, but what was really hard for you early on uh, to to get done? <laughs> but the thing is that everything is so hard. Yeah. You know, everything is complicated. Everything is new. You have to learn everything from all over, and you can't use anybody else's experiences for anything. You can't really use your own experiences. You have to create a new path and create a new way. So, so everything is hard, and and founder dynamics are hard too. Like three guys that were well, we all running out of money, you know, like keeping us on the same page and so on. That was really complicated. Yeah. Um, so everything is hard, and. But I also have to say that, you know, it is because it's hard that it's a challenge. And that's, that's what makes you keep doing it because it's interesting and you learn so much from it. I think bottom, bottom down, one of the things that I, I, I always come back to is that you have to, you have to manage this. You have to balance this, this notion that you believe so hard in what you're doing. You're so determined on succeeding. But you also realize that you're probably not going to make it. Like almost, like almost all startups fail. So managing that, balancing those two extremes is, I think, probably the hardest part of starting a stand, of, of starting a, a new company. Yeah, because I think common <laughs> wisdom says that, uh, that you actually have to fail in in order to maybe. Grow in some ways, so 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 you're you you know you know that it's coming. In fact, it's you have to start looking at it as a good sign at times, don't you? <laughs> Maybe I'm, failing failing is terrible, and and like it, there's different ways of failing, of course. But like em- embracing the fact that you know that 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 you you can and will fail is is a good thing. So as the company grew, um, and, and you know you were uh, having to add layers of people and all the things that companies do when they grow. Uh, how did you, as a founder, uh, get out of the way? Well, well, that that is hard, and 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 I had to I had to learn a lot of things, and I'm still learning a lot of things. Now, a, a public company CEO, you know, we have today almost 800 employees. We have uh, operations in 11 countries, and and we have almost 50,000 customers, uh, customer accounts of, uh, worldwide using our software in you know 14 different languages, and and we have. 
we have a fantastic team and, and, and trusting, you know, really smart people and hiring really smart people and trusting them with your baby and all these different things, it's all really complicated. And you have to learn that all that stuff in a very condensed way. I, I think I've been fortunate, I've been lucky with having really good advisors, having a really good board. Um, and then we've been very lucky with the people that we've hired. You know, they they made me better and made me look better than <laughs> maybe I am um, and, and, and have helped me in this transition while respecting the fact that there's so many things I don't know. And they, they've helped me keeping true to our mission and, and to what kind of companies we wanted to build here. In the book, you talk a lot about luck. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you could uh, tell my listeners how they might scale that. Oh, yeah, you know, but the, the, the thing about, you know, the thing is that when we started Sendus, Sendus is a customer service software company, and, and, and we built, two of us worked in the industry for a few years, were, were underwhelmed by the, 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 the innovation in that industry. So we built a new generation system, and we thought it was beautiful and simple, and we democratized access to it so we could sell it to a lot more customers and so on. But what happened in the industry and what happened worldwide was probably more important for us than the fact that we build the software. That the whole notion of customer experiences, the customer service changed worldwide, that the voice of the customer has really risen and that the, the informed consumer today has is a completely different beast than it was just five, ten years ago. You know, that lucky timing uh, that is was completely out of our control. But of course, as, lo- as soon as we saw the opportunity, we just worked really, really hard on exploiting the opportunity and thereby being lucky. Yeah. So, like, lucky is isn't like you have to work hard to be lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, it's it's that idea of being prepared when the opportunity uh, uh, yeah, arises. Exactly. Uh, but and, and I think you're absolutely right that though that uh, you know social media, uh, for example, you know really shined light on on companies that weren't taking care of their customers, weren't taking customer service uh, serious. And so I think it, it in a lot of ways it changed the face of the industry because it it, it left fewer places to hide. I think totally, totally. Like social media has changed has changed customer service, customer experience a lot. Also the whole this internet and all the communities and all that information you can have you can gather around your products from other users and other customers has just changed the notion of and changed the whole relationship between an organization and its customers. Uh, it, it's customer service, customer experience to no longer happen in the vacuum. It's a very public experience and, and it has completely changed the dynamic and the power structure uh, in the relationship between an organization and its customers. You know, what I have observed, I think, is that a lot of organizations now are using customer service as marketing positioning. So, uh, you know, their ability to publicly serve customers, to publicly keep promises, uh, to make it very uh, frictionless for customers to, you know, have a voice, I think, has actually become a a big part of organizations' brands. I I, I totally agree. I I think that we all search for authenticity. We all search for truth in our relationships, including where we where we where we do our business. So we want that from the organizations we deal with, and we want them to respect us and and talk to us in a tone that where we can find that authenticity that 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 describes them as as a real you know as real people that takes their customers seriously. Um, like it or not, 
uh, startup founders like yourself, I think, are, are have become really heroes, you know, to and, and legends of sorts to the uh, the younger folks that are all wanting to start up these businesses and cash out. Um, and so I'm certain that you get called upon to to give lots of advice to students and younger folks wanting to start up uh, businesses. So you know, what do you tell them? You know, now obviously that you've got the wisdom of you know going through what you've gone through. I I I I I'd probably start by saying that you're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it to cash out. And and if you ever build a startup or any type of company, a technology startup, or whatever, to to make money and just to cash out, you, you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. Uh, and and I think there will be a lot less probability that you will you will succeed with it. Like you you have to you have to somehow be motivated by. By changing something and 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 creating you know creating an opportunity for other people and 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 help give have impact and and drive a direction either in an industry or or somewhere you, like you need to be you have to somehow feel that you you have an opportunity to make a difference um, and because that is what will drive you every single morning whether you have. A hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, or a hundred million dollars on your bank account. That's not going to change how hard you're going to work for your company. But if you can look into yourself and be motivated by the fact that you have an opportunity to make a difference and maybe make a world a little better place to live, I think there you have a much better chance of succeeding. Yeah, you have a, you have a lot more levers uh, <laughs> coming coming together probably for you <laughs> yeah. in that case. Yeah. So. Um, a lot of people have created companies, uh, have an idea, maybe they've created a product or a service, but I would argue that there is a point at which you do something differently in your organization where it really becomes a company. Um, and and I think there are a lot of people out there that have created jobs <laughs> instead of necessarily companies that are assets. And I, I wonder if you have a, a sense of, you know, at what point you think some, I mean, or or at least what people have to start working towards to 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 really create a company rather than just an idea or a job. Well, yeah, it, it's like uh, I think it, it has a lot to do by building a real vision and the mission of the company and 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 building all the structures and 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 the organization and the processes that support a mission, you know, so that. So that the company's mission in itself becomes a driving factor. So the company becomes bigger than the sum of the individuals working in the organization. Uh, and 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 at some point, you know, you get to that point, and then you realize is that the whole living organism that is a company that you you, you somehow you all have play a role in that, but that's primarily what you do. Like nobody, my role my role is to be founder CEO of the company, and I play that role, but. It's not like it's not like I'm not the sole kind of uh, axis that this company is is running around. Like it's I'm just I just play a little role in this company. It's a very public role, and that's also why I'm talking to you, and that's why I'm reading the book and so on. But it's just a role that I'm playing uh, to fill this uh, to fill this uh, platform that that on which kind of the organization and the company's mission uh, resides. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a huge distinction because I talk to a lot of CEOs, and, and CEO ends up standing for a, you know chief everything officer, um, and I think that that's you know that's that's where there's a real challenge. <laughs> um, 
I, I wonder if you, and you may have no opinion on this at all, but I, I, I love to ask uh, particularly, uh, you know, companies like yourself that are, that are fairly new, that are in the, in the online space. Uh, this idea of growth hacking in marketing is really uh, uh, got a lot of attention in, in Silicon Valley companies. And, I, I, you know, as I read your book and look at the way you think about uh, your company, um, it, you know, growth hacking to me seems much more like an event, you know, type of thing. And, and um, your uh, methodology, I, I, I feel, reads more like a system. And I wonder if you have a, a view of this idea of growth hacking or, or if, if it's just, you know, today's, um, you know, hot word. No, I think that, that we all, you know, all online businesses to some extent think about kind of growth hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we have learned an important lesson is that you, you have to remember that your, your users uh, your customers are real people, you know, and like once you start growth hacking them, you know, like once you start hacking people, nobody really likes that. Yeah. And I think yeah. we've learned some important lessons along the way that once we once we just think about our users and our customers as numbers in a spreadsheet or data in a graph, then we then we really miss out on an opportunity to connect with these actual people, and 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 we can disappoint them a lot the moment we forget that. So I think we we, we create a culture where we we think very much about our customers as really pe- as real people, and and remind ourselves of that every day, and work really really hard to make sure that we earn and 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 retain that business every single day. And and you can't do that by growth hacking. You can only do that by scaling real customer relations. And I think that's a lesson we've learned. I think that's a lesson we try to teach to our customers too. So um, Startup Land is, uh, when people are listening to this, we're early in December when we recorded this show. Uh, Startup Land is now available uh, pretty much anywhere you can buy books. There's also a website, uh, startupland.com. Are there any other things, uh, any other resources you want to share or, or send people towards? I, I just want to say that uh, it's been a fantastic opportunity to write this book. It's also a lot more work than I thought, but it's been, it's been great. I just want to thank Cardi, who worked so hard with me, uh, and the entire team here has been working so hard with me and making sure that we could release this book. Um, and and uh, if you go to our web, the startupland.com website, we also have an offer so that new startups can try and, and, and you send us free for a year. And, and we hope that that can help organizations New startups get off, uh, get off from the ground at uh, on, with better terms, and then we hope that can help them rethink about how they build relationships with their customers. Well, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, I always tell people writing books would be a lot easier if you didn't have a day job, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Mikhail, it's very, very great uh, uh, sharing some time with you, and uh, really appreciate what you're doing. And actually, I, uh, maybe you you can um, finish off. I know you're doing a lot in the San Francisco community, particularly where your offices are located. Do you you, you have anything you want to talk about uh, in terms of uh, your giving back to the San Francisco community? Well, this is the holiday season, and, and, and of course, it's, it's near and, and dear to our hearts. Uh, we believe a lot in building relationships, and, and we are our headquarters in San Francisco is in a tropical part of the city called the Tenderloin, and we believe a lot in, in building real relationships, also with the community we're in and with our neighbors. Uh, so we invest in that and, and, and work with the organizations here about giving the people who they are in need and, and their kids and the families, giving them a better opportunity through all kinds of volunteering and, and financial donations. And, and we try to roll that out to all our offices around the world because we believe that by 
being a part of your community, by being a good neighbor, we you you become a better person, and we hope that reflect that reflects back back on your work and how you serve your customers. Yeah, and I, I really like. Obviously, there are lots of causes out there that that need and deserve our help. But I, I really like that idea of tying what you're doing back to the the very blocks in which uh, your your yeah. employees you know, come to work. I think that's a really uh, a great way to to you know ground what it is that you're doing. Agreed. Yeah, Mikhail, thanks so much. And uh, Startup Land is available. Great read. I suggest you go out there and, and get it. And uh, obviously, Zendesk is a great, uh, great product and service that uh, has uh, now been installed in. I, I, what, what should we say? Millions of businesses at this point. <laughs> no, it's, it's still around fifty thousand businesses around the world. <laughs> Going for millions, of course. Of course. Of course. All right. Thanks, Mikhail. Thanks, Mikhail. Thank, Thank you. Bye now. Bye now.